book of Mark, chapter number 5, Mark, chapter number 5, and we're going to read a few verses this morning for our text, beginning with verse number 25, Mark, chapter number 5. And two weeks ago, uh, we were at the beginning of this chapter, and we looked at a miracle and that message we, we looked at was when the maniac met the master. And we had the miracle of Christ uh, changing the life of that, of that crazed man. Then last week, uh, we looked mostly at the end of the chapter on the subject of when miracles get interrupted. Uh, now today, we're going to look in the middle of Mark chapter number 5, and we're going to look at a third miracle found in this chapter that I think will be a help and a blessing to us. Mark chapter number 5, beginning with verse number 25. And before I read, let me remind you uh, that what Christ has already done, as I've already alluded to, uh, He has come from that place, uh, the Gadarenes. He's going over the sea. And he's ministered to that, to, that, to that side over there. And that maniac, as we refer to him, possessed of devils. And uh, when, when, after he met Christ, uh, the scripture tells us he was clothed in his right mind, sitting at the feet of the Savior. And I'm thankful that Jesus is still changing lives and that Jesus is still making a difference. And uh, it would do our world good to look to Christ. And uh, he could make all of the difference. And so from there, he comes back over the sea and the, the people begin to throng around him. And I remind you uh, that there was that ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, that came to him and petitioned him to come and heal his daughter who was sick. Now, we know because of last week that he's going to be interrupted. And when he's interrupted, by the time Christ begins to move back towards his house, his daughter has died. We know that Christ resurrects that child and does a greater miracle than he originally would have done just in healing her. But today we're going to focus on that interruption. What takes place uh, when, uh, he is, uh, when Christ is interrupted with Jairus? And that brings us to verse number 25. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? He looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. This morning we're going to look at this passage of Scripture, this miracle that Christ does in the life of this woman. I've given the message this morning this title, The Woman who had to get to Jesus, the woman who had to get to Jesus. Father, I pray that the Word of God would teach us many things today. I pray that the Spirit of God would work in our hearts. Now, Father, I do not know the eternal condition of every person who is uh, under the sound of my voice this morning. I don't know in this building with this great crowd today, I don't know uh, the salvation 
uh, uh, condition of every individual, but I pray that if there's one unsaved, today would be their day of salvation. And Father, as uh, those who are listening by way of live stream and radio this morning, if there's one unsaved, may you save them today. But Father, I do know with this many people, there are needs, there are burdens, there are uh, things that we need answers for. I pray that uh, the Word of God will be a help today. And Father, may we look to you for the miracles we need when we need them, but may we look to you if we have not yet for salvation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. find a very interesting miracle with some great truths that we're going to look at this morning. But when you look at the circumstances around the uh, miracle that takes place, we find this woman who we get in from the scripture, we find her being very desperate. We're reminded in verse number 25 and verse 26, this is the condition that she's had for 12 years. In those 12 years, she has seen every doctor that she could see. She's tried everything that there was to try. And the scripture reminds us that this did not help her. And scripture is very clear to tell us that she didn't get better, but she even got worse. This was the situation of a desperate woman. She had tried everything that she knew to try. I wonder today as I think about this, how many in this world are desperate just like this woman? They try everything that this world has to offer. They try every solution. They try every remedy that man can come up with and man's wisdom and man's ability. But there's just some things that man can't fix. There's just some things that man cannot change. This woman was desperate and this woman was a person of humility. She had gotten to a place in her life where she was going to do whatever was necessary for her to get the healing that she needed. She was not too proud, as we're going to see this morning, to go to the one who she had to go to to get the help that she needed. I'm often reminded, I'm also reminded this morning as we look at the life of this woman that I'm afraid that there are many who may be as desperate. But they've yet to humble themselves and say, I've got to get to God. I've got to go to the one who could change my situation. I've got to get to the Son of God. I've tried everything in this world. I've tried every solution. I've tried every remedy. I've done all that I've known to do. I've, I've tapped into the wisdom of man, and yet, after all this time, I still don't have a solution. I still don't have a help. Before I get to the message this morning, if there's somebody who I'm describing today, let me say, let me just encourage you this morning, why don't you humble yourself and get to God? Get to the Savior. Get to the one who can change everything. Get to the one who can do the miracle. But I find that there was a woman who was desperate. She's a woman of humility. Also find, as we look at our Savior, the Lord Jesus, there's a Quick observation I want to make before I give you the outline. While the scripture tells us that the crowd was great, that he was in the throngs around him, he was still available. And I'm afraid oftentimes we look at the Son of God, we look at God and His greatness and His magnificence, and we look at the needs of everyone else. And sometimes we might stop and say, well... As those at the end of the chapter, we looked at the miracle from last week, said, don't bother the master anymore. Friend, let me tell you, whatever your need is, whatever your problem is, the Lord is concerned about it. The Lord cares about it. 
And oh, there were people all around him. But you know what? If she wanted to bad enough, she could still get to God. He was still available. As we look at this woman who had to get to Jesus, and before we look at the truths that I want to highlight today, I want to remind all of us that there are some things in our life that man cannot help us with. The first and most obvious to me is our salvation. How many in this world are trying everything man has to offer to get some kind of peace in their soul when it comes to their salvation? They've tried every religion. They've tried every religious exercise. They've, they've tried every church in town, but yet they don't have the peace. And we've tried everything that man can do. And friend, if you'll let me just share, you know, just testify this morning, I'm thankful that I found the master. I found the son of God. And he, offers, he offered that salvation that no man can offer. But if we look at the end of the story, and we'll spend some time there at the end of the message the peace that this woman found was a peace that only God can give. Friend, listen to me this morning, and I especially want the children, the young people, the teenagers, young adults, all to listen to me today. This world cannot offer you peace. Only God can offer you peace. Only God has the peace that man desires. I want to have peace in my life, therefore I must get to God. To have peace about my salvation, I must have gone to God. To have peace about the things that I face, I must go to God. Let's look at some truths this morning that I believe will help us with this woman who finally got to a place in her life. She heard the Savior was coming by. She said, I just got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to Him. This morning, whatever your need is, may I urge you, may I compel you to take that to Jesus, to get to Him. Let's let this... Miracle be an example to us today. I want us to see, first of all, I want us to see, number one, the condition of the woman. We've already alluded to it in verse number 25, and a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had. It was nothing better, but rather grew worse. There are several things in verse number 26 I noticed because of her condition that were told of in verse 25. We find the word... The third word of verse 26, and had suffered. This was a woman, as I've already mentioned, she was a woman who was suffering. I, I, I'm amazed at the suffering that takes place in our world. So many times, let me urge you, especially during this Christmas season, as it's a little busier and the roads are a little more crowded and the stores are a little more crowded and people are a little, little, have a little less patience let me, re- let me remind you that everybody is going through something. And sometimes people respond the way they respond because they are enduring some suffering in their life. Scripture tells us this woman was suffering and tells us that she was also helpless. She had suffered many things of many physicians. And she had spent all that she had. How sad for man to look for the solutions in all the wrong places. It's sad that there's nights that bars are full because there's some looking to forget what they're going through, looking for some remedy of, of, of salvation, if you will. You go to any bookstore, one of the largest sections is the self-help section. 
Uh, people are trying to find solutions. They're trying to find answers to what they deal with in this world. This is a woman who had spent all that she had and she depended on the wisdom of others and yet she was still hopeless because nothing bettered but grew worse. You ever gone to the doctor and followed their advice and you got sicker? Now I'm not saying every doctor is that way and every doctor visit is that way. If that's your only experience, let me encourage you to find a new doctor. But it's frustrating, and many of you have had this conversation in your frustration because you've gone to doctor after doctor after doctor after doctor, and that doc- those doctors, that group of doctors, cannot find what is causing your ailment. They cannot prescribe what it is that will make you feel better or solve your problem. Imagine enduring that for 12 years and the suffering and spending all that you have and having no more solutions. This was the condition of this woman. But as we continue in our passage of Scripture this morning, we find number two, we find the consideration of the woman. I want you to notice this very carefully because this is going to highlight the humility of this woman. No man is ever saved by the Lord Jesus Christ who is not humble. We must humble ourselves and realize that we are a sinner and we are not enough to save ourselves. If you think you're too good to, see, to, to, to need Jesus, then friend, you can't be helped, you can't be saved because the only way God can help us is if we have the humility to be helped. But I want you to notice, number two, the consideration of the woman. As we look at verse number 27, this is powerful to me. When she had heard of Jesus, and let me remind you, aren't you thankful that you heard of Jesus from somebody else? She, she didn't know to look for Jesus, but she had heard of Jesus. She had heard of what he had done in the life of somebody else. Maybe by now the legend of that maniac who roamed the tombs, who had now been healed and was saved, and he began to go testify. Maybe she had heard of that, but regardless, she had heard of Jesus. And just as a side note, and this really isn't the message this morning, but may we be quick to tell others of Jesus and what Jesus has done in our life and what Jesus has done in our heart because there's somebody out there. When you go to work this week, I'm not telling you to take a pulpit with you, but people ought to know that you're saved and you're happy about it. You're saved and you're glad about it because the time's going to come when somebody you work with, somebody that lives in your neighborhood, somebody with your same last name is going to endure a trial and they're not going to know where to go. They're going to try everything in town. Well, maybe I ought to try Jesus. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now, don't miss this truth. Don't miss this point. This woman was considered unclean. And part of tradition and part of the, 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 the routine of what would take place is she would be put out of society because she was unclean. And here she came and she did not approach Jesus from the front. She did not feel worthy to approach the Lord and even speak to Him. But she had such faith that if I can just come up behind and just touching. Me being unclean, me being unworthy, I'm not even worthy to 
touch his flesh, touch his body, if I could just touch his garment. Her humility, how many, anybody who approaches the Lord and says, you, you need to do this for me because I, I deserve you to do this for me. The Lord isn't moved by that. But her consideration, she thought so low of herself and she realized that she was considered unclean. She approached the Lord from behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I might may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Her humility, the, her consideration. Friend, I... I know that Jesus was in a great crowd. I know that there were throngs around him, about him, but I've already said that he was available. She was going to do what she had to do to get to him. But in her consideration, she believed him being the Son of God. She knew what she was. She knew the condition she had. And I'm not worthy to approach him and look him in the face. I'm not worthy as this leader of the synagogue approached him. And maybe she watched that whole exchange as Jairus comes to the Savior and says, Would you go to my house and heal my daughter? Maybe she watched that. And she thought in her mind, I'm not worthy to have that conversation. I don't have a house for him to come to. If I can just come up and just touch his clothes, I will be made whole. Friend, it's a great day in our life when we have the humility to say, I'm not worthy of even entering into the presence of my Lord, but yet if I can just get to Him, I know that He can make me whole. I know that He can solve the problem. I know that He can fix the situation. And friend, when we don't do enough to get to our Lord and we let obstacles stand in our way, we have not humbled ourselves to the point to say, I have no other option. And friend, might I say, in the life of an individual, desperation in this situation is not a bad thing. Sometimes God allows us to become desperate, and we, in our foolishness, we try all the wisdom of man and all the things this world has to offer, and none of that works. We have no solution but to just go to God. Aren't you thankful that it takes but a touch of his garment to make you whole? We find the consideration of the woman. Then number three, this is powerful as well, we find the confession of the woman. Notice what takes place in verse number 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. The moment she touched the Savior, problem solved. Well, let me just pause right here for a moment and Think back to the time of my salvation. The moment I put my faith and trust in Him, problem solved. Oh, we ought to be reminded this morning of the greatness, the magnificence of the Son of God. That the Savior that we celebrate in His birth at the Christmas season may be reminded that this is the Son of God. This is the Savior of all mankind and the power that He possesses. But notice as we keep reading, we know that she is healed of that plague. Verse 30, in Jesus, 
immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? Now let me clarify what is taking place here. At the moment that she touched him, she was healed. Jesus knew she was healed, and he stopped and said, Who touched my clothes? Now it's not because he did not know who touched him. He did not ask that question because he was clueless to who was reaching out. Jesus knew the name of everybody in that crowd. He knew the need of everybody in that crowd as God in the flesh. He was aware of every need. Before she even approached him from the back to touch him, he knew she was there. He knew what she was going to do. And the moment she touched him and was healed, he wasn't asking this question because he had no idea. Number three, we're going to see the confession of the woman. He asked the question so that she would reveal herself and confess what she had done. Those disciples, the more you read and study the disciples, the more we relate to them because every time the Lord talked and wanted to teach a lesson, they just had no idea what he was doing. Who touched me? Really? Lord, look at, the, look at the crowd. Look at the throngs of people. And I, and I believe this would be true. Everybody's trying to touch you. You can't get through this crowd without people touching you. It's not what he was talking about. He asked the question, who touched my clothes? Not because he did not know, but because he wanted this woman to confess and notice in verse number 33, how sweet and how special this verse is. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her. Now, why was she fearing and trembling? I believe there's a couple of explanations. One, Jesus has put her on the spot. And friend, when we're in the presence of our God, there ought to be some fearing and trembling. And by the way, when Jesus comes back again, there'll be no clenched fists shaking in his face. He's coming back as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Fearing and trembling because now she can't, she can't approach him from the back. She's going to be in his presence. She was fearing and trembling because of that, but I believe she was fearing and trembling because for 12 years... She had suffered. For 12 years, she had lived in anguish. For 12 years, she approached the doctor with hope, only to see that hope extinguished because the doctor had no solution. For 12 years, she had been ostracized from society. She had been considered unclean. She was on the outside for 12 years, day after day after day. The, each day be ended the same way it began, with suffering and no hope and no answer. And in but a moment, as she touched, 
his garment. She was made whole. She didn't under she believed he was the son of God, but she still had no understanding of what had taken place in her life. Friends, sometimes aren't you in awe of what God does in your life? Don't ever get over your own salvation. Don't ever get over the miracles that God does in your life and what you were without hope and you you had no solutions and look what God has done in in His mercy and His grace and in His love for us. And as we approach Him and finally get to the place in our life and say, that's it, I've tried the doctors, I've tried this world, I've tried all the man's wisdom, I just got to go to God, I got to get Him to solve the problem. And friend, let me tell you, I believe God allows things to come into our life that no man can solve because it forces us to look to Him. It forces us to go to Him. It forces us to be like this woman in full of desperation and have no other option. I've got to get to God, and I may not be worthy to, to approach Him from the front, but if I can get up behind Him and I can say, oh God, if I could just, if you just have some mercy on me, if I can just get to you, I know you can solve the problem. And now she comes before Him in, fear, in, in fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Why was this important? Was it important because he needed to know what the truth was? No, he knew what the truth was. Might I remind you the reason why she was pushing to get to him, approaching to touch him was because of the great crowd that was there. And as she is kneeling before him, telling him the truth, what is the truth? This has been, I've had this condition for 12 years. I've been suffering with this. I've been considered unclean and I've tried every solution. I've tried every doctor, but I, I just knew that I had to get to you, Jesus. And when I touched your clothes, I was instantly healed. Not only did Jesus hear that, but that crowd that had gathered now heard this woman testify of what Jesus had done for her. Friend, it would do you and I well to look at our own salvation, but also to look at the blessings in our life and to be quick in fear and trembling. I think sometimes we need to be reminded uh, that we could not save ourselves, that we could not help ourselves, that we, we could not solve our own problems. And, and even when we get out of fellowship with God, we try everything in this world. And I, I want to get back what I lost, but I, I want to try the things of this world. No, friend, it, it, there is no answers in this world. You got to get back to God. And how many times can we all testify and say, when I had nobody else to turn to, and I knew that if I just had to just read that one verse of Scripture, I had to spend that one moment in prayer, and I knew I just had to get to God, and God fixed that problem. Would it be good if we would be quick to approach him with fear and trembling, knowing that we're unworthy of what he's done for us? We're unworthy, friend. Don't get to, I don't, it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You don't deserve to be saved. It doesn't matter all the blessings that you have, and you can live uh, as clean a life, and you should, that you possibly can live. But by the grace of God, we are what we are. We've seen so far, as we look at this woman who had to get to God, we've seen the condition of the woman. We've seen the consideration of the woman. We've now looked at the confession of the woman. 
Number four, and finally, I want us to look at the cure of the Savior. As she kneels before him, trembling, because she's now in the very presence. She's not approaching him from behind. She's in his presence, taking the gaze of the Savior. But she is confessing and she is testifying of what was done. Look with me at verse number 4. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. The cure of the Savior. Why was she cured the moment she touched him? Because faith is what moves our God. She believed in him so much that if I just touch his clothes, that'll be enough for him to heal me. Friend, we may not have understood all the doctrines of what salvation is, but we understood that we were sinners destined for hell, and we could not save ourselves. But if I could just get to the Son of God, and I can just put my faith in Him, and that simple childlike faith we put in what Christ did on Calvary, His finished work on Calvary, the gospel, it's faith. That makes us whole. And friend, in each and every burden we carry, in each and every heartache we endure, in each and every trial that we may go through, it is faith in God's sustaining grace that will see us through. What he is saying to her is, Thy faith had made thee whole physically, but your faith has made you whole spiritually as well. Because she believed on Jesus, she was made whole physically and spiritually. If you're here this morning and you've never dealt with your sin condition, you've never addressed the subject of your eternity, there's no man that can cure you of your sin condition. But it is by our faith we have salvation, and he highlights her faith. It was, thy faith had made thee whole in comparison. There were some there that did not have the same faith that she had. And notice the result of her faith. You say, Pastor, it's right there. Thy faith had made thee whole. And that is true. But I want you to see after the scripture says, thy faith had made thee whole in verse number 34, I want you to see the next three words. Go in peace. I wonder how much this woman slept the night before. I wonder how much she slept the night before that. The night before that. The turmoil that she lived with. The burden that she had. But after she got to God, Jesus says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. 
This is a world that does not know peace. You know why? Because they do not have the Savior. Can I tell you this morning and by personal testimony, in spite of what's going on in this world, I can testify to you today that I have peace in my life. In spite of what the, how the news media wants you to not have any peace, in spite of how this world tells you there's much to be and there's much in this world that is wrong, but friend, can I tell you, you can have peace if you have the Lord Jesus Christ. Go in peace. Her life was different from that point on. The infirmity was taken away from her. The peace that she would now endure could only come at the hand of the Son of God. Friend, there's many things that we ought to be able to relate to this morning. The fact that Christ is approachable, Christ is attainable. Say, I am not worthy. To call in the name of the Lord Jesus. This woman was not worthy in her mind to even approach the Son of God. If I can just come up behind him and touch his clothes, that'll be enough. Friend, anybody who's ever been saved had the same attitude, the same spirit. I'm not worthy to be in his presence. I'm not worthy of my salvation. And there is humility that says, I must get to Jesus. This morning, as we go to invitation, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you humble yourself this morning and realize that I cannot save myself? I cannot be religious enough. I cannot, I can't, there's, not, there's no list that I can keep where I am worthy. But you must get to God. Maybe you've tried every religion. You've tried every solution. But you still don't have the peace inside. Let me encourage you this morning to get to the Son of God. Maybe you've been living out of fellowship. Maybe you would say this morning, Pastor, I know that I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I've got that settled. But I just have not been doing the things that I know I should do. I don't have peace in my heart. Can I tell you this morning, you can try everything this world has to offer. Maybe you're... Marriage is not what you'd like for it to be. You've tried, you've read every book, you've tried every solution. Might I offer the Son of God today? Maybe you're struggling in rearing your children and you've tried every philosophy, you've tried every philosophy of this world and man, might I suggest you try Jesus well, I've been dealing with these burdens. I've been dealing with the hardships of life. And the longer we live, friend, the more we discover how hard life is and how cruel this world is. Maybe you've been disappointed over and over and over again. Might I suggest you try Jesus today? May you just get to God. No man that's ever come to him with faith as this woman had ever left disappointed. You might have come in the church house today with some turmoil. You might have come in the church house today with some confusion. Let me tell you, if you come to God today, you can leave in peace. I wonder how big a smile she had on her face when she left that crowd that day. I wonder how light her gait was when she left that crowd that day. 
I wonder how light the burden was and how life changed. That's going in peace because of what the Son of God has done. I wonder, and again, this is just me trying to insert myself in this story and picture what God has done. I wonder how many people she bumped into, ran over, because she was not even paying attention to anything but the fact that her condition had been changed. Her life had been changed. Friend, your life can be changed today if you'll go to God. I'm frustrated at where I am. I'm frustrated. I've tried it. I keep hitting. Why don't you go to God? Why don't you look to His solutions? Why don't you see what He has to offer today? Peace is found through Him. Father, I pray that.